Welcome to NCBR's Elite Agent Podcast, the ultimate resource for real estate professionals looking to elevate their skills, master their craft, and achieve unparalleled success in this incredible industry. So I am Bill Piva. I am a licensed realtor with Rhode Island Real Estate Services here in the Jamestown office, and I am a retired Jamestown police sergeant where I served for just over 22 years. And with me is Rob Windsor, and I'm gonna let him introduce himself to you. I'm Rob Windsor. I'm currently an officer with the Jamestown Police Department. Uh, I retired from the Pawtucket Police Department about 10 years ago and um, moved to some colleges in Massachusetts. Um, and I have about 30 years of experience in law enforcement. So Rob and I got into this. We've, we've had a talk before with um, realtors from my company we had kind of like a seminar and we decided, we and my company decided that rather than do our usual mortgage talk or talk about septic systems, exciting things like that, we uh, thought we'd come up with something a little bit, uh, I don't want to say more important, but something that we hadn't really done before and that's talking about realtor safety. So Rob and I, we're not podcast veterans, being this is our <laughs> first time. But we have chatted a bit about realtor safety, and it was well received from the uh, realtors that came to my office that day for this uh, conversation that we did have. And Rob does have expertise in this topic of workplace violence and school shootings, so I think we'll we'll talk a little bit about some of those strategies. So if you so, want to dive right into some yeah, of those, absolutely. We we actually had a great session at your office, Bill. Um, and when we talk about um, incidents that occur shooting uh, mass shootings um, any sort of incident that puts your life in harm's way um, w there's, there's three tactics that that we were asking people to use and that's the run hide fight theory um, if you feel that your life is in danger um, you know you have those options uh, we prefer that you uh, run which creates space um, finding an exit. Um, I never go into any place where I don't know where the exits are, and I recommend realtors that are going into a house for the first time, look around, see where your exits are. Um, see how you can exit this house in a hurry if need be. Um, you know, when we look at assaults that have occurred on realtors throughout the country, um, there's, there's not a lot of them, but we are concerned about your safety because you're meeting people that realistically you don't know and have never met before. And you're being put in this situation where there are strangers that you're showing a house to and you need to really um, have a plan if something does happen. Um, so that, that theory of run, hide, fight can work. Um, just in the situation, it can work in any situation when you're out to dinner, if you're looking at the exits and something happens, you need to know where you can get out of the situation. Um, and you know, if we look at, if you're showing a house, you should follow the people around and not have the, the customer follow you around. I always started, and we talked about this in your office and it kind of didn't go over that well. If you get a cold call from somebody, um, try to get as, inf as much information from that person that, that you're going to show a house to, a name and a phone number. Do some research on the internet to see who this person is and see if the phone number matches. Always, always listen to the hairs on the back of your head, uh, on the back of your neck. When they stick out and something doesn't seem right, something might not be right. It may be on the level and, and, and up and up, but, you know, and we talked about using that, that buddy system. 
have another realtor in your office that you just say, hey, listen, something doesn't seem right. Can you come with me on this showing? Um, you know, it, it just something doesn't match up. Something doesn't doesn't seem right. Um, have that have that buddy system so that you know, and and that person, if they call you, be available to help them out. Um, always having an extra person there um, really lessens the the the, uh, the probability that something would happen. And you know, somebody sees two people or two realtors there. Um, you know, they're going to think twice before they actually did something. Yeah, that's a, that's a great point, and we did talk about it that, that evening. A lot of times, we in the real estate world get caught up in rushing around. Uh, maybe we get a phone call from somebody who wants to see a property right away, can't wait, and that should absolutely set off a couple of bells and whistles uh, to use because if you have to rush to a showing without verifying who these people are, most of the time they're going to be okay, but there's that one time that they may not be that that's why we're here to, to talk about. Um, so you mentioned already with some of the things we can do, if someone were to call and say, hey, I'm, I'm a, I, have a, a sh I want to see one of your listings, you can ask about pre-qualification. Who are they working with? Who's their lender? Um, if they say cash, cash buyer, I don't have a lender, now you have to do a little bit more of your own research. We had recently one of our realtors, she was in Little Compton, had a listing and got a cold call from somebody, a guy asking if uh, she could show the house immediately. She asked that question, who are you working with? And he said, I'm a cash buyer. So she immediately sent out a company-wide email like, hey, don't feel real good about this. Don't know the person. Research doesn't come up with anything. Can anybody show up with me? And sure enough, like she must have got 20 hits in, the, in five minutes of people who are willing to go. So that, that's a great point you make. You should have a buddy system. Sometimes we get, you know, we rush from one open house to another or we're going from this showing to another without really telling anybody where we are. And I think every broker, every company should have policy on that. At least you should tell people where you are. You know, generally a showing doesn't take an hour. You know, if somebody doesn't hear from you in an hour, then they should be going to look for you. Um, so that was a good point. Now, some of the things that we talk about, you know, open houses. Um, it happened to me one time and it made me think of this forever where as a realtor you don't everybody leaves you're happy it's over all your friends are at the beach you just want to get there to join them and so you got to go through the routine of shutting lights down and shutting doors and doing all that and you turn the corner to leave and there's somebody standing there that you weren't didn't know were there that'll make you always think about safety on open houses and it happened to me one time and i was like oh god where'd you come from I didn't hear you come in. They were late coming in. So you have to be aware. Like what I recommend to people is when you get the last person out of your open house, if it's time to shut it down, lock the door behind them, then do your routine of going upstairs, shutting the lights down, shutting the closets, making the place how, they, how the, the sellers left it, and then you exit the house. But you should certainly lock that door uh, after that open house is concluded. Um, it's going to take one time before you get startled by someone that you didn't know was there because as Rhonda will, will uh, tell us or will, will uh, verify, you get that person that comes in at the last minute and that, that, uh, that is one of the most irritating things, but you could be the buyer, so you take the time and show them, show them the house. So, um, but you want to be aware when they leave, lock behind them, then do your shutdown, and then you can safely leave. Rob, what do you think about, we talked earlier in our, um, the time we, we got together at my office about where to park. 
So talk and, about that. A little and, bit. and you bring up some great points. Um, when you park, you shouldn't park in the driveway where you're going to where you're going to be blocked in. And I know sometimes it's not realistic. It's on a busy street. You're not able to park on the street. Well, if it's a if it's a if, the, if it's a driveway that accommodates two cars, you may want to put your drive your car closer to the street, and so that the people that are viewing the house can come and park in front of you. Um, you don't ever want to be blocked in. You don't want your car to be blocked in because if we go back to the run hide fight, if you decide to run and need to get out of there, either you're going to go to the neighbor's house and you're going to be asking for help, or you could just use your car, unlock it, lock yourself in the car, and then call 911 from your car. You always want to have a safe uh, exit route, and you always want to ha not have your car blocked in. Um, and when you talked about um, having the, uh, you know, locking the doors and, um, you know, checking the house afterwards, that's absolutely what you should do. You don't want someone coming in through that front door or through the side door while you're upstairs uh, locking up and shutting the lights off on the, on the second floor of the house. You may not know that e that person even came in there. Um, so that's, that's actually a, a really good point, Bill. Uh, one of the um, the other things we had mentioned was was danger zones within a house. Like one of the things I'm always aware of is people behind me. So if I'm walking in a showing or I have a showing, let's say I meet the people on the front lawn and we talk about the house and then I want them to go into the house, I hold the door for them and I let them go first. I don't want to open the door and have them behind me because I can't see what they're doing. And again, we don't want to be paranoid. We have the job to do, um, but that's one of the things I do. The second one is I generally wouldn't go down to a basement. If you have a listing, you know that house as well as you can, and you know in the basement, the oil, oil tanks in this corner, the electrical boxes in this corner, the things that people want to see, they can see those things while you're directing them from the top of the stairs. Uh, basements, I think, are, should be off limits to realtors when you're on showings. And even open houses, if, um, if you can get people to, to negotiate the, the basement without you standing next to them, I think that's, that's going to help your, your safety. So you can stand on the top of the stairs, direct them, left corner, right corner, wherever you want to see, uh, and then you can uh, you know, get yourself out of, out of the, any danger at, in the basement. And Bill, I'm not a realtor, but I'm kind of an expert in not having people walk behind me because of my job. Um, and it's always kind of, I turn it into a, a me being a polite thing. No, after you, please. <laughs> yeah. I, I'll, you know, you, you know, I'll meet you upstairs or after you. And, and it seems like you're being polite. However, you're driving the situation. You are, you are telling these people that, you know, I'm trying to be polite, but what you're actually doing is you're directing them in front of you and you don't want to be behind them. And I understand sometimes, and I've never been a realtor, never, never even planned to be one but um, I would never go into a basement if if it's not let's say you're a realtor that's showing a house that's a listing for another person and you're not sure what's in the basement it's just you know again use that polite tactic of no please feel free to go to the basement I need to make a quick phone call do something um, make an excuse why you can't go down to the basement if you have any questions just you know let me know when you come back up and uh, I'll be right here um, I would never ever go down to the basement alone with somebody um, it's just it, that is really a, a place where you're kind of not going to have any exits. If you do have an exit and there's a bulkhead, how are you going to get out of that bulkhead? Are you familiar enough to do it? I don't think you would be. I wouldn't be in that situation. But you can always turn it into that, you know, being extra polite and after you and all this stuff when actually you're driving the situation, which you should be driving the situation anyway, just to have them 
where you want them to be, doing what you want to do. And over time, this will become like second nature. You know, I know, as Bill, you and I both go into a, a restaurant, we look for the exits, we look to see, but this will become second nature and it's what we yeah. do on a daily basis. Um, and you really will, when you walk into that house for the first time, be looking for an exit, be looking for something that, you know, if something does go wrong, what can I grab? What can, what can I use to defend myself? You know, it, it, it's just, it, it, it's going to be your, your way of life. And, and you should really adopt this for, for everywhere that you go because, you know, some of these incidents are occurring, you know, closer and closer to home and on a more frequent basis. And this is where we are in society today, Bill. That's a great point. One of the uh, difficult uh, parts I remember is being a police officer in a small town and you're going to get some people who might not even listen to this podcast because this something's never happened to them. So they're like, why would I bother doing that? I've never been attacked. I've been a realtor 15 years. You know, all the other things that are going on that, you know, it's never happened. Anybody in my office, none of my friends, but as a small, a small town police officer, especially a sergeant where I was in charge of a couple of patrolmen and a dispatcher at the same, you know, on midnights, you know, we didn't always have the action that you had in Pawtucket. <laughs> so, but you still were expected to perform to the level that somebody who did it all the time was uh, performing. So you had to stay on your game, meaning you may not have had a homicide in your 23 years of, of service, but you had to be expected how to run one if in fact you had one. So the same thing with, with realtors. You may not have ever been attacked, but you should run these scenarios in your head, the things that we've already mentioned. Going to a basement, who do I call if I'm gone for a length of time? How do I exit the house? What am I wearing? People look at me funny, like, what do you mean, you know, what's, what's the clothing have to do with it? If you wear shoes that you can't run on, then that can be your problem. One of the things I don't do is when I go out to a restaurant, you already mentioned that you and I are trained a little bit differently. I don't wear flip-flops because if I were to find myself in an altercation, the first thing that's going to fly out of there are my, my, are my <laughs> shoes. And if you ever think you're going to fight or defend yourself or run, with bare feet across a glass-filled parking lot or dirt or sand, it's just not gonna happen. So wear shoes. Same thing when I talk to my realtor friends. Don't wear flip-flops. Ladies, don't wear the sandals. Wear something that allows you to escape or fight or do whatever uh, that's gonna help the situation and not, not hinder, hinder your, uh, your performance or your, you know, your defense of yourself. And I just want to get back to one thing, Bill. When you say, you know, the time of how long it's going to be for me to do this showing or how long it's going to be for the open house, um, use your spouse, okay? It should take an hour. I'm going to text you when I'm here. I'm going to text you when I'm done. And if I'm not back or, or you know, something, you know, doesn't meet that plan, give me a call, okay? You know, I know my wife knows. If, I, if, if she calls me, normally I'm able to answer on my job. Sometimes I'm not. Yep. Um, but when I call her, she usually answers on the first ring or second ring. You know, have that relationship with, you know, if, if, if you're not married or don't have a spouse, another realtor. Again, that buddy system. Um, and I can tell you that I, I don't own a pair of flip-flops. <laughs> Um, be, because I, I mean, I just, feet, that I, that's part of it. And you're absolutely right. The, the first thing you need to do is during some of these, these, uh, events that have happened, um, there's glass all over the place. Like you just mentioned, um, the sprinklers may be going off. Um, you know, if you don't have proper, you know, proper footwear, then you could, you, you could fall. You could, you know, it's just many things can happen. Um, but I think that what we've been talking about here is this greater concept of developing a plan. 
having this plan and you just said as as you're as you're thinking internally what would i do if what if what if and i know during the military training that i had they, you know you could what if everything to death but if you're what ifing what happens if i go into this house and this person i'm showing the house to uh, attacks me what am i going to do what am i going to use to defend myself where are my exits use that what if planning to develop your plan so that if something does happen, you're going to react to it. You, you're going to have that survivor mentality. You're, you're going to survive this. And I think that that's the biggest important thing. Everything we've been talking about is this plan and planning. And, uh, you know, again, I, I'm not a realtor, but my entire career has been planning. Um, and even though whether you're coming from a big city or a small town, you're always thinking, what am I going to do? What happens if this person resists? What happens if this happens? Um, so that you're always ready and prepared for those calls that come in. And, and you know, adapting that in your daily lifestyle, even if you're not a police officer and you're a realtor, yeah. that's going to help you survive, and that's important, especially in, in today's society. So we wanted to keep this about 15 to 20 minutes. So the last thing I want to talk about, Rob, um, and I appreciate your time coming in today to do this, is uh, weapons. Um, you know, some of us are allowed to carry weapons legally, concealed guns. I would say most, most realtors are not. Uh, trained or licensed to do that um, but what about things like pepper spray what about carrying a little knife what about it you can even get tasers these days that are legal um, what do you think about some of those types of items so I I think they're great but in the real in the reality of what a realtor is doing if your pepper spray is attached to your keychain are you carrying your keychain when you're following people around okay um, if you're wearing pants, you could put it in your pocket. Can you get it out fast enough and use it if something happens? I prefer to use weapons at hand. Weapons like if you get attacked in this house, what can I use to defend myself? Is there a laptop handy? Is there a lamp that I can go and, and strike this person? That person, if they initiate an attack against you, are not going to expect you to resist. There, You have the element of surprise at your hands and they're not going to expect you to resist so if you grab something if you're carrying a water bottle that's one of the best things that you could ever have uh, one of those nice metal water bottles that everybody carries around nowadays if somebody were to attack you and you were to hit them with that that would give you enough time to again you've identified your exits when you first came in use one of those exits and and, and create space give time run next door have someone call 911 if your phone's on you you can call 911 but you know, if you if you do carry these weapons, I don't. I'm not a proponent of carrying knives. They have to be under three inches, obviously, to be in accordance with state law. Um, pepper spray, if you're going to carry it, I think it's a great tool. But are you going to have it handy? Is it going to be accessible? Do you know how to use it under stress? We've been trained to use our tools under stress. Yes. If you decide to pull that out, are you going to use it effectively? If you're carrying a water bottle and someone attacks you and you use that water bottle and strike that person, one, you're able to do that because that person is attacking you. You are, are in fear of your life. So, you know, I prefer to use these weapons that are at hand. When you're identifying the exits in the house, what can I use in this house? Oh, there's a nice candlestick holder over there. So if something happens in the living room, I know what I'm going to reach for. Um, I'm going to carry this water bottle around. It's a Everybody carries water bottles around these days. It's not unusual to see someone carrying a water bottle. I'm going to keep this with me, and this is going to be my defense weapon if something happens not unusual plus you're hydrating so that's a good thing and you know it, it's not unusual that people are carrying these things i'm not a proponent of of, of specialized weapons mm -hmm. um, for people that don't know how to use them because if 
if you're carrying pepper spray, you should know how to use it. You should know how to use it under pressure, but there's enough things in, in the house or, or things that you're carrying on a daily basis that you don't need to. And I think uh, also an important part of that is whatever you have can be used against you. So if you have a pepper spray and someone grabs and it, absolutely. you know, you yeah, can be oh, used against you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a great point. Yeah, I, I think, uh, you know, weapons are, I think this, it's a lot different having pepper spray in your pocket and then being under a stressful situation having to use it. What if it's windy? What if you're outside and it's windy? You know, there's a lot of what ifs that we've all been through. Um, and there's nothing like getting a dose of pepper spray in your face, isn't it, Rob? It's we've all <laughs> we've all done. Um, <laughs> so I think is is there anything you want? I think we're just we're way over our time. I think by well not way over by a few minutes. Do you want to uh, end with anything in particular, or you want to? I I just think that if you tell me, Rob, my plan is to run out of this house if something happens, that's a great plan. If you tell me, Rob, I'm gonna I'm you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fight for my life, that's a great plan. As long as you have a plan, I think that it, it, it that that's what we're trying to get through today. Is, is that you know people just aren't you know aimlessly going in there and thinking nothing's going to happen because you know society has drastically changed since I know I've been a police officer and everybody mm -hmm. started to be you know realtors. So um, just have a plan and and that's that I can't stress that enough. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you and the Jamestown Police Department for putting this together for us as well. And uh, so if we people have comments or questions, they can reach out to me. And my email is bill at 401soul.com. And if you have a question specific to Rob, I can get Rob that question. Perfect. And then I can come back with the answer for you. So thank you, everybody. Thank you.